Listen and subscribe to the Growth Craft Startup Community Podcast on all the major podcast players, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere where podcasts are available. And leave a five-star review if you like it. We need those reviews to grow the show, and it's the easiest way to help us grow the show that you can do right now. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Podcasts or Spotify, and leave a five-star review for the Growth Craft Startup Community Podcast. And tell all of your friends who are entrepreneurs to take a listen. And thanks. Hello, my name is Hassan Sorrells. This is Tom Libby, and you are listening to the Growth Craft Podcast. The Growth Craft Podcast is designed with the startup founder in mind. This podcast is committed to growing your connections as a listener to our GrowthCraft advisors, increasing your engagement as a listener with the GrowthCraft community, and dedicated to growing your knowledge as a listener about all the benefits that GrowthCraft can provide for your startup. We can't wait to bring you along on our journey and our conversation today. Here on the podcast, we interview startup founders, advisors, and others about their journey, their process, their story, and where they are going along with GrowthCraft. And today, we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Cody Young. How are you doing, Cody? Good. Uh, Not too bad. Thank you, uh, Tom and Hassan, for uh, having me. Awesome. So let's uh, start off with sort of the first first question of the day. what is it that you do exactly? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> I ask myself that every morning. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, to, I guess to, to be serious, um, I'm building a startup that helps startups. Um, so the startup building is called Diem, and we're trying to simplify the startup building uh, process into manageable guidance questions. Uh, and then we use those responses to build some auto-completing tools and personalized AI help. Think of us like kind of like a, an AI TurboTax, but for startup building. An AI TurboTax, but for startup building. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, talk these days, a lot of heat around uh, large language uh, large language model algorithms, um, euphemistically called AI. I personally don't believe they are AI, but that's another thing for another day, right? And maybe we, or maybe even later on in the episode, we could get into general intelligence versus specific intelligence and sort of what that all means. Um, but for our listeners, kind of explain to you, explain to us what does it mean. When you say AI, how does that apply to the work that you're doing at Diem? Right. So when we use AI, um, there are some chatbot type components to this, but there's also tools that we can build around the data that we have. Like I had mentioned, like um, say we have some context about your startup, like your industry, the problem you're solving. Um, we'll say like your customer that you're trying to target. If we have all that information, we can put it into an AI, let's say a marketing persona type AI that we've got created for you on our platform. And that takes in all the the stuff that we know about your company and actually gives you some feedback that's helpful. Um, And it's, of course, it's going to be a little bit general because it's an LLM, LLM, sorry. So it's, it's taking information from everywhere and basically trying to predict what the best answer would be 
for the question that you might have around marketing in this case. Uh, so for us, we treat AI or these like, we'll use the, the big one, you know, ChatGPT. We use that as our kind of a template for helping you get advice and feedback on different parts of your business based on what we know. So I got kind of like a two-part question here, I think, right? Number one was, am I, am I, am I correct in thinking that this is not going to be a replacement for things like incubators and things like that, where they're really trying to help people get up off the ground with their, uh, with their startups. And depending on how you answer that, my other question is like, so what prompted this? So, and I think what prompted your startup could be answered differently depending on what your answer to the first part was, right? Like, so right. I guess that's kind of what I'm, so, so I'm assuming you're not trying to get rid of these things. And if I'm correct in thinking that, then what prompted you to do this and how does it interact with those things? Right, so I, I think um, I'd say we're not a replacement for like talking to like a growth craft advisor, right? Where they are licensed, they have lots of industry knowledge. It's super specific. You go through growth craft, you go through like all of these, these questions and stuff to get filtered to the best people that can help you that are, it's very niche. Like that's not where we are, especially because um, we're targeting idea to first customer. Whereas I think Growthcraft is trying to figure out, hey, you've got customers. We're trying to help you manage your finances, your people, more niche marketing stuff. But for everybody else who's just starting, this this area is is kind of uh, let's say underserved, um, and depending on where you live, very underserved. <laughs> and so. Um, in terms of replacing incubators and boot camps, uh, I think it depends where they sit. Uh, most of them we're not going to ever compete with. In fact, we hope we can be their top of funnel where they send somebody who's not ready for their program. Um, and then we say, okay, hey, you can track them here and follow up later with them if they progress to a certain point. And you can then take your network and all of your capital that you can deploy through your incubator and, and help these people. Um, and in the boot camp sense, again, uh, not everybody gets selected to these. I think a great statistic that I that I found when doing some research is that the average incubator acceptance rate is only 2%. So on average, 98% of founders who even want this help and know about this help are denied. So we're kind of like, want to be the, the backstop here where we're giving you enough help and feedback and tools to get to the next level so that you might get into one of these programs or skip them if, you know, happen to, you know, all you needed was this initial kickstart. So we're not saying we're replacing anything. We, we actually want to just augment and help. Um, and maybe that we can get into how that happens with our solution a little later, it'll be a little clearer. Um, and to your second question, in terms of why we started it, I think um, the catalyst I kind of alluded to as, and the same thing with the reason I alluded to just earlier is the space of idea to first customer is, um, it's a little nebulous and it's kind of left up to the founder to figure out how to do this stage by themselves. And a lot of people say, well, there's resources everywhere. And then has anybody who's ever said that looked at the resources that are everywhere? Because it's pretty much garbled lists that people have to figure out what lists are correct if they follow a list or steps. Um, it could be watching anywhere from like 15 minute videos to 90 minute videos or just sorting through articles and hoping they can find the right steps or questions. You know, what to do next, like hopefully they can figure that out. And if they can get through all that overwhelming, you know, filtering of knowledge, then they may get to first customer. And so 
I saw that when I was mentoring startups. And when I was going through building a startup, I went through it. And it was just like, it was just a mess. <laughs> and I was like, there's got to be a better way. And I'm spending a lot of time answering the same basic questions as I'm sure both of you have with, you know, working with startups. It's like, when you're that early, the questions are always the same. And you're kind of like, why or what can I do to like help these people better <laughs> and not spend all my time in one-on-one -on -one meetings answering the same question. And so that's where I was like, I think I'm going to try and build something here. And then again, um, being underserved, I didn't have a startup family network. Um, I definitely didn't grow up in a startup hub town. And so trying to piece things together was a pain. And then when I connected the two dots of like, people need help. I also didn't get help and there's people like me. So we're fighting definitely uphill battle. Let me just try and build this. And even if it doesn't succeed, hopefully there's some tools or takeaways that I can just share with people, even if I can't get it off the ground as a business. Join us online via Zoom at the Growthcraft Startup Community Founders Forum each third Tuesday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Look, advisors and founders, we're, we're all in this together. Building relationships with your peers and entrepreneurship is just as important as connecting with experts and advisors. Each month, every third Thursday, we'll meet online via Zoom to share ideas, get support, support each other, and talk about universal issues that nearly all startups share. We'll celebrate our victories, chat about challenges, and then break out into small groups to address a timely topic of interest. It's a great way to meet like-minded entrepreneurs. Check out the links to the third Tuesday events on the GrowthCraft website and join us at the GrowthCraft Startup Community Founders Forum in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to right now. Now, you've been a... Um, a mentor and an angel investor. Um, you have a background um, working with um, with Faster Capital and of course being self-employed as an angel. Um, you also uh, have a background in obviously entrepreneurship as you mentioned before, being a startup founder. Um, you know, that, that, that gap between idea and start is filled a lot, is filled with a lot of what I call magical thinking. <laughs> uh, and I'm not the first person to, to use that framing. So, um, how did you, not even how, what is it about your background um, in that mentoring and angel investing space that gave you the passion uh, or provides you the passion to keep moving on on this particular project with, uh, with Diem? I think um, being an underserved, I guess, founder, it, it was really it, like identifying that, hey, I had a pretty rough time trying to get through doors, even with an upbringing and, and that maybe being like middle class, I'd say, I wouldn't say that I was, I was definitely had the worst challenges, but just with my setup and not having the greatest of challenge, it was challenging <laughs> as, as any built, you know, startup endeavor usually is. But, you know, if you have all these networks and stuff, it just becomes a little bit easier. And so trying to open up some of these doors through guidance and education, I think was uh, the thing that was like, Hey, I, I really like teaching people. And this kind of brings that passion together with the other things that I'm passionate about, which is startups. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talk about being, you know, an underserved founder, there's a lot of conversation that has been going on in the startup community and the startup ecosystem for about the last 15, 20 years um, about how do we bring in more uh, minority founders or how do we bring in more female founders and female led startups um, to, especially in the tech world. 
Like exactly. The, females in the tech world has been a big conversation for the last five or six years. Exactly. Or, or and, exactly. And and then the big challenge there, and again, I'm sure you've seen this as as a in your background as a, as an angel investor before working um, on your current project with DM. Um, but the, the, the secondary challenge there is always funding, you know, um, and and maybe you could address that a little bit. I'm not asking you to yeah. go fully down the road with that. But um, as a as an angel doing these uh, during this new startup, right, uh, doing this new project with Diem, um, how have you seen that that gap between idea and execution closing and has that has the has the closing of that gap made funding easier for underserved um, entrepreneurs? So I think there's there's two parts to this question um, actually here where the first part is like how do you get resources to founders that are typically underserved mm -hmm. for various reasons whether they're they're just not being selected into these programs like incubators like at two percent like how likely are you to be a two percent person especially if the cards are stacked against you mm -hmm. right so that's that's right there is is an opening for help like hopefully we can provide some guidance and just some a path forward to help people through that nebulous again a lot of magical thinking going on and grounded to some to some actual real world like process that that we uh we base some actually around design centric thinking so it's a very common now framework that's starting to just spread. And so that's kind of where we ground all these questions as well as around actual investor and advisor questions. So as a mentor, that's something that, you know, we already have these questions that we know we have to ask. So at that point, we just kind of put it onto the platform to, to again, get you to answer them. And then we can work with you around them or again, go to a growth craft and they can work with you around it if, if uh, you're further enough along. Um, the second part, I think, is something a lot of people call like... Um, there's just, there's just not enough there that people talk about. That's like the common answer to, there's just a not enough of us. And that's, it's a, a pretty silly comment to make, especially when I think it's like 2% of funding goes to, I think it was black and Latino founders. And just recently, I think this year it came out, there's actually a dip for female founders getting invested. It's now down to 1.9. It was at two. So, so they lost the point there or, or lost 10 points there. So that's, kind of hurts so it's like all of this is happening and you're saying that there's not enough of them but is the but maybe it's just we're not servicing enough of them and that's kind of the other step is that hopefully if we can get more people through this first stage and have this data our, our bigger vision here is that since we have the data and the startup stuff here we can then connect investors in and do like we already do some um, matching to investors but if we can scale this up and say like a, an investor can start searching actively for female founders or underserved founders and find them as they're kind of getting started. This might be a great way to start building those connections and networks that a lot of investors just, again, they just don't have it because maybe it's just not their network. Again, you know, everyone shares the same networks and connecting networks is, is a lot harder than I think most people think. I mean, it's literally DC's job to go network. <laughs> like 50% of the time is networking. So, um, yeah. Do you think Do you think there's anything? I, I'll 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 tell you why I asked this question very specifically. But do you think there's anything to those numbers based on some like ge geography? Like like if you're not in Silicon Valley, if you're not in a town like Boston who has a pretty good uh, you know startup community, um, then you're already behind the eight ball. Is that I have a really good friend of mine who is from Detroit, and and I think there's some. I think there's some, I don't want to say delusional thinking, but like 
he's so adamant that he wants to find the funding from Detroit that he's not thinking like, I should be looking at Boston. I should be looking at Silicon Valley. Like, do you think that plays any part in some of those numbers being too low? I, 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 I don't want to discount the fact that I know for a fact that minorities are, are underserved. That's not my, that's not why I'm asking the question. I'm asking the question out of some of the stubbornness I see in people not wanting to leave their own physical communities to go try to find the funding. Join the GrowthCraft startup community online via Zoom each first Tuesday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Expert Tuesdays. With Expert Tuesdays, you'll hear from one of our top-notch expert advisors and thought leaders in an informative workshop or presentation focusing on a topic important to emerging and growing companies. From sales and marketing to storytelling and leadership, in this hour-long monthly session, you will be able to connect with the GrowthCraft community, advisors, founders, and others. And you'll learn entrepreneurship skills you can apply to your startup project uh, right now. Check out the links to the GrowthCraft website to join us on Expert Tuesdays in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to right now. And thanks. That's, that's interesting. I've not heard somebody say that they don't want to access more money. So that's, that's an interesting perspective. I, I will say that much. Um, I don't have a, a great take on that because I guess I've not really encountered it. Most of the time what I've encountered is a founder saying like, where are investors? How can I meet them? Like, I don't care where, I just want to know, but kind of to talk about maybe what your friend might be alluding to and also kind of connecting it back to that last question where, you know, networks and, and you know, where our investor, where's the best morning going, there's been a, a pretty big uptick, or at least visually from the surface level, if, if you're looking at the VC space of uh, funds just being built where there are hubs. I mean, the Midwest was is going through a pretty big boom of funds that are just popping up and that's all they care about. They don't care about investing on the coast. They just want to focus on investing in the Midwest. Interesting. There's stuff that I've seen just on the Southeast, they just want to focus on. There's a lot of like these region, regional, um, I guess, uh, VCs and funds that are popping up. They're just like, hey, we know there's opportunity here because everybody else isn't looking here. And the fact that people are doing that kind of says enough in terms of like, is there, um, is there enough of them? You know, because clearly there is if funds are popping up. And two, in terms of what your friend might be alluding to, you know, trying to build up that local ecosystem might be something that they're trying to do, which again, I think that's uh, very commendable. Um, and, and I hope you can figure it out. I mean, there are a lot of funds. I think even Texter has a Detroit um, incubator program now. Also, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to ask you one more question and then we can move on to another another area. Um, as an individual who is typically identified by others as being a minority, you know, uh, owner or, or founder or entrepreneur, um, that's not necessarily a label that I tag with myself with, but other people will, which is fine. Yeah. Well, self-perception is important, <laughs> particularly when you're marching to the capital markets. Um, yeah. But um, but um, the, the thought that I hear from some individuals who are in those spaces, who are seeking funding, who are minorities or who are part of underserved populations. Um, some of their thinking is more towards bootstrapping or, or alternatively. And I think that this is something that, that both mentors and angel investors don't talk nearly enough about in the conversations that I've been in with them um, and the things that I've read and observed over the course of the last, I would say five to 10 years they don't pay attention enough to the the pipeline to small businesses 
they don't pay enough attention to that pipeline, right? Because if I can't get in, if I've got a big idea, but I can't get it funded, I'm going to go directly to consumer. I'm just going to go directly to the small business route because there's plenty of resources there um, and plenty of people willing to help me from um, from SCORE all the way to the SBD, SB, uh, SBDC and a bunch of other ones that are in my local area. There's an entire ecosystem set up there that's agnostic to me and I can just go get it and those people will help me and they'll they'll the federal government will throw money at me at 2% interest. <laughs> um, and then I can just, I can just go and I don't have to worry about that other difficult thing over there because maybe my idea wasn't going to be, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Maybe my idea wasn't going to be the next Instagram anyway. Right. And so I think there's a lot of underestimation of how much, how much funneling um, happens in, um, in that direction. And I'm not asking you a question here. If you want to comment on that, you can. Um, but uh, that's just a thought that I had there. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, actually, I think I see that happening a lot. Um, I mean, uh, think about like SBIR and other like small business, uh, SBA as well. Like those are, or, or also another one is a uh, chamber of commerces that yep. pop up. Like those have become, I think they're, they're resources that exist that people overlook until they've gotten turned down so often. They're like, well, who else is out there? And then they do turn to those routes. I, I will say um, the, the funding from them is, can be a little dangerous. You definitely look at how, what type of funding you're getting. Like I think typically it's loans and, and mm -hmm. debt as a company, as a startup, especially is a very challenging thing to manage. Even if you have a, someone who's a CFO and knows how to manage it, it can be very difficult. So just, you know, I'd say a fair warning there if you're looking on that, but um, I do, I do agree. I, I mean, um, I mean, they are the ones that are popping up the boot camps typically when I, when I'm looking around. Um, so they're, they're helping out the communities. And again, I think there's also a play here that every company needs to get investors from a venture investment from like a VC firm or somebody to be successful. I think that is a, like a, a terrible idea of definition of success. I think getting customers is, is the ultimate goal and becoming, you know, default alive as it's called, you know, getting revenue to cover your expenses, including your salaries <laughs> is, is the goal, not, not getting VC investors or other angel investors or somebody to, to you know, um, uh, hold you up on a pedestal, so to speak. So, hey, son, do you um, do you have uh, any other any other questions based on? I, I know we're way off script at this point, but <laughs> to pull us back onto that script, um, you know. And before I ask about the growth craft part, is there anything left on the script that you want to ask him real quick? Well, one one thing I would like to ask you is, you know, if someone's listening to this who is a um, a uh, an underserved or a um, and an underserved founder, right? Uh, geographically, um, ethnically, whatever, right? However, they may define that. Um, what is their interaction like when they reach out to you? Uh, when they go and visit the website, um, uh, you know, and take a look at DM. What's their experience like? What's their UX? Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, depending on how you found us. Uh, Usually you end up on the landing page. That's a startdm.com. That's S-T-A-R-T, like the word start. And DM, our name, which is D-I-U-M.com. And from there, you just make an account. Uh, it's free. All of our tools are free, uh, even the AI stuff right now. And uh, I guess the only thing that you would pay for is 
human service. So if you wanted a human to walk you through some of these things or give you more overview, whether that's their email or kind of like a one-on-one -on -one mentor, like general mentor, again, the stuff here, we actually, uh, we, we talk to Growthcraft a lot and we, we will direct people to them if we're like, hey, this is pretty niche. You should probably talk to someone from Growthcraft. Like we're not accountants, for instance, and you know, some of us have some marketing um, abilities, but we're definitely going to say like, hey, you probably want to look at Growthcraft or some other resource in your area to kind of facilitate. But if you want that handheld guidance of, okay, point me to what I want to do next, because I want a little bit more help than the AI tools or the other tools that are there. You know, that's the part that you pay for. Um, unfortunately, you know, we have to make money somehow. <laughs> but the, the tools and other stuff, which, you know, the, the basic, how do you go from idea to first customer, all that's free. Uh, and so they can just pop in. I, I think that's one of our, our missions is that, you know, can we provide this stuff for free and figure out how to monetize stuff around it, whether that's through the investor side or, you know, some other more advanced tools that once you get a first customer and have revenue, then it's a little bit more interesting where we talk about money, but we don't want to block anybody out from this guidance and these basic tools just because they can't afford it. Does your system take them on a, a clear path? Like, is it like you do step one, step two, step three, or is it one of those things where they look at it and they pick out what they need and then they just go with whatever tool they find under that need? So uh, right now our process is, one, we're, we're building still. So when someone does show up, we have a lot of the AI tools already there, but we only have half the curriculum right now. So the second half is coming out next, but we take you on a step-by-step -step guide with questions. So everything is very action oriented. So you build and you learn at the same time here, such as we start you off of well, what is the problem that you're, you're trying to solve. And a lot of people, I think that's actually the bigger issue is trying to define that pretty well. And then we'll take them on to like, okay, do some research on this. And then we'll say validate. And what's coming out next is um, how do you build a prototype and how do you validate that prototype? So that's where we're headed next in the next two levels. So it is step-by-step. Perfect. Okay, so now uh, switching gears a little bit, uh, I want to ask you about uh, your involvement with Growthcraft, right? Like, so you've mentioned, you've actually mentioned Growthcraft, I think, more than Hassan and I have, <laughs> and, we, and, we're, and we're with the organization, which, uh, by the way, thank you for that. Anyway, uh, but so can you talk a little bit about uh, about what you like about Growthcraft? What drew you to it? What's the, like, what's the, what do you gain out of this for your for yourself and your, again, you, we know you're a startup designed to help startups, but you yourself being a startup, and that's what we're hoping to do as well. I mean, we, I think we have the same mission, but from a different perspective, right? So, um, but so what, what about Growthcraft has attracted it to you and, and why, why are you continued, continuing uh, to stay involved? Yeah, so um, I think I first met with JP, it feels like at least a year to two years ago. And I think that's when I, and then I introduced uh, to you as well, Tom, I think around the same time. So yeah. um, I think from that call, um, the missions were just really aligned. Again, just coming at it from different sides and even from in different stages, right? Like I, I've mentioned a bunch in this call, there's just, we're just working on two different areas. Like you are expecting a more organized and kind of developed company when we're just, we're just, hey, what's your idea? Um, and then, so the missions were so aligned that I was like, hey, this is cool. I'm going to you know, keep up the tabs with y'all and, and see what's going on. And you, you have taken this and, and uh, scaled it out to like, I think there's the monthly uh, like group chat sessions, which I think is just great. Um, as someone who's right now in 
not the biggest of hubs. It's nice to just like continue to talk with people. And I moved from out of Boston. So keeping up with people from Boston is kind of nice. And then again, keeping that network alive of founders is, is great. I think um, being a founder can be a lonely journey. Um, I don't care what anybody tells you. It is definitely lonely and it's definitely hard. And just knowing other founders uh, and just knowing people who are, are truly there to kind of have your back is just like a really nice, uh, you know, warm comfort feeling. So I've kind of stayed with y'all for the the network and the help and just the support. And again, the, the mission is identical. Uh, just help founders. Cool. So thank you for that. I mean, that's, that's, you know, specifically what we're, what we're doing here, right? I mean, look, uh, like you said, being a founder is, is a lonely journey. And that's what nobody, nobody really sort of lays that out um, in a whole bunch of different ways, um, particularly as the amount of uh, funding goes up or the amount of uh, customer number of customers using your product goes up or even just the changes that you may make to a product, you know, as those continue to move forward or as you build a team right um, around your particular idea. Uh, the pressures and challenges are unique um, to startup founders. Uh, they are shared as I said before, they are shared by small business owners as well, but um, we're, we're giving the specific in, you know, the startup founder space. And you do, I, I do, I do love it that you recognize that those founders, you don't know, need that, um, need that support. Um, in addition, you know, um, coming out of 2020, um, the idea that being a founder should be geographically specific, um, I would hope, has ne- is now is now more abundant. I would hope that that is now dead. Gone. <laughs> should be gone. Yeah. It should be gone. It should be dead. Um, and we here at GrowthCraft really do believe that um, being location agnostic um, is the uh, is the way to go. So, awesome. Um, well, is, is there anything that we haven't covered about DM? Um, that you would like to to make sure that the listeners know um or is there anything else that you'd like to promote today how do people check you out um i know you already mentioned the website you can mention that again um many founders such as yourselves do speaking engagements uh you get try to get on other podcasts uh what are the different ways we can get a hold of you and, and what are you looking to uh, to promote today um yeah okay I, I guess we've covered a lot so i don't know if there's too much more to cover about kind of what we're doing um again it's, it's step-by-step guidance that's question-based and we use your questions to build up AI and other tools around around you. So we're trying to empower you as a founder and give you that at the low, low price of free. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 kind of the, the promotion, I guess. Um, and you can find us at, um, like I said, startdm.com. That's D-I-U-M.com. Um, on social media, we're now Diem. And if you want to find me and kind of keep up with stuff that I'm posting about startups, finance, uh, economy, tech, uh, general stuff like that, you can find me at Cody S. Jung. So that's C-O-D-Y-S like Sam and J-U-N-G. And that's on Twitter and LinkedIn. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Cody, for coming on to the Growth Path Startup Community Podcast. We definitely appreciated hearing from you, and we look forward to walking alongside you on the remainder of your project. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Each second Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, join GrowthCraft live and in person at Second Thursdays at CIC, located at 1 Broadway, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Located at Kendall Square, CIC features the most engaging entrepreneurial community in the Northeast, right next to MIT and minutes from Harvard University and downtown Boston. 
With 250,000 square feet of professionally managed, flexible workspace, CIC has every office amenity you could possibly need to scale your startup project. For those of you who are local, or if you're just visiting Boston, GrowthCraft advisors and founders can meet others in our community face-to-face. Join us for an informal social and informational get-together. Meet others, chat with advisors and peers, make connections, and then stay for Venture Cafe, starting at 4.30 p.m. Eastern every second Thursday at CIC. Check out the links to the GrowthCraft website to join us live and in person at Second Thursdays at CIC in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to uh, right now. And thanks 